0: 10, 11, check, check, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, th- Welcome back. Look at where we are. If you're on video, you can see where we are. We are crisscross applesauce on the ground. I got my cup of coffee here. Got my uh, Mario t-shirt and this, um, this painting of a tree. <laughs> I t- I went and grabbed it from upstairs and brought it down here. And this, and this uh, whiteboard, of a I guess a learning like a learning whiteboard for kids for children um I don't have any children I uh, I'm not a child I am currently I'm not at my normal space I'm in I'm in Boston um Texas I mean Massachusetts Austin Massachusetts I'm in Boston Massachusetts at uh, at a friend's house so uh who will be a guest on next week's show but that is that's way too far in the future. We want to bring it back to the moment. I want to bring it back to what's happening right now. And the guest that we have today, first of all, before I introduce him, let me just say that the experience of doing this conversation with Sam, our guest is Sam Rathbon. the experience of doing this conversation totally changed the way I, <laughs> let's just say it, it blew me up, like you know there's a there's a school of philosophy there's a there's a school of mysticism called Zen Buddhism. And the idea of the of the Zen teacher is to essentially shock a student into a space of awareness. They uh by they teach by not teaching. You know, they 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 essentially just let themselves be a representation of some greater truth for the student to uncover for themselves. Um, there's a, there's a story in, in Zen philosophy where, you know, um, something with a, with a tea go approaching with a tea, with a cup of tea. And is like uh, teacher, how do I, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin this <laughs> teacher. I want to know how you pour tea or some shit. And the teacher's like, uh, you can't pour tea if your cup's over full. Anyway, that's, That's a terrible rendition of the story, but (laughs) essentially it means, you know, we operate with ideas or preconceived notions of who we are and what we are and where we're going. And the Zen master, uh, their presence actually negates or shocks those things out of a person, like by, by being like, whatever you may think, wherever you think you're going or whoever you think you are is biggity, biggity bullshit. It's all constructs of our minds. The Zen teacher's presence essentially is supposed to just bring a person or a student back into the moment, back into an awareness of themselves and what is actually happening, which is time flowing forward. You know, there's a dog next to me now. Hey, dog. What are you looking at, dog? Basically, what we hope to, to realize is a space of spontaneity or... Uh, excitement in our lives or just or just feel and the dog's gone (laughs) just feel feel our way forward who know actually you know what who knows what we're supposed to experience what I experienced in this conversation was the disintegration and assassination of my egoic expression of like thinking I knew where the conversation was going to go and thinking that I knew Sam like and, th- and and just to speak a little bit about our, about me and Sam's, we go back years. He was uh, he was my f- he was the first sponsee I ever had who I got the, who we went through the entire steps with, and the steps in, in twelve step programs is is they're essentially they they're exercises and work that we do to alleviate ourselves of whoever we were in the past. So we can so we can uh, step into who we're capable of becoming or just real, you know, honestly, as I meander forward through this monologue here, um, the hopeful aim for a successful completion of the 12 steps is to guide a person into essentially a state of enlightenment to, to recognize uh, a spiritual experience and uh, and, and, <laughs> and harmonize themselves with the world at large, where, where where life ceases to be about me. And starts to be about how can I contribute is essentially what the 12 steps are designed to do. And so, yeah, Sam and I went through them together. And, you know, as a sponsor with a sponsee, you know, generally it's, it's, it's perceived that I would be the teacher. And recently, in my current experience, I've been learning how little I actually know and how much I'm being taught by the people I'm supposedly, quote unquote, working with. And this conversation is, <laughs> we captured a representation of that because regardless of what, you know, what, going into it, you know, I have, I had a narrative of who Sam was in my mind, you know, and I also had a hierarchy established as well. Like it's hard when you're, when you, when a relationship begins, this is a good examples. Like a, when you re- finally realize that your parents, your mom and your dad are just people. And you're like, oh shit, they were gods. You know, oh, oh shit, they always knew what was right. But, but you grow up and you realize their flaws when you realize your own flaws and you start to realize, oh shit, they're just, my dad's just another bro. And my mom's just another, well, not just, she's probably the most uh, loving force of light in my life. But besides that, she's a person too with her own insecurities, her own you know, struggles and this conversation like this conversation with sam was essentially it was it, it it fucked with me because i didn't even realize it at the time but i had a i had a hierarchy established subconsciously that i was supposed to be some sort like i i was supposed to know what was going on you know and i don't <laughs> at all and his and he proved that and I mean, I, I want to drop us in. I feel like this is a good enough monologue. I'm cross like a crisscross applesauce. You know, if you're on video, you can see. it. If you're on audio, you know, I thought good for you. You know, good for you because I prefer audio. You can keep moving and doing shit. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna drop into this conversation. You know, it's I don't even know. It's all over the place. Sam is a master woodworker, artist, drawer, designer just you put something in front of him, he figures out how to do it. And, uh, and he's, he's been very successful at it. Um, He also shares his experience in a mental health hospital, a psych ward, which is extremely fascinating. You know, I've worked in on units like that for for a while. I've also been a patient on psych units like that. Well, Sam really describes his experience dealing with and I'm going to use quotes again, because I just want to, because who knows what the hell's going on, but let's say, quote, bipolar and depression. His <laughs> his experience, you know, learning what was going on with him and how his anger manifested itself while being on unit in a psych ward and the results of that. Let's just, let I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say Dr. Hush appears. <laughs> and uh, And he shares that experience and it's just dope. And he also brought you know, and w- just to bring it back to the show that you're we're listening, the show that we're doing right now is there's gonna be some changes moving forward with the format. He wants to help. He's gonna be helping produce this and we're gonna figure out what the hell I'm doing. Is And with Sam's help, he's gonna help us figure out what we're doing. So, you know, I would say this is, you know, um, inside the mind's eye, you know, and I'd give you a ramble on what, what this has been in the past, but it seems to be in a state of change, so. We'll figure out what that is, you know, as the weeks move forward and with Sam's help. And, uh, yeah, I'd really hope you enjoy this episode, this conversation. Uh, if you have any questions at all, please reach out to me or Sam, uh, hit the email, hit the YouTube, hit the whatever, wherever you found this, just hit us up. And anyone who's been on the show, Jensen, Keaton Mack, Ross Turner, we'd all be happy to help. We're going to have some females coming on. I've got one set up for next week. So, so ladies out there, don't, don't fret. We're going to get some women and, um, yeah, let's take us in. Let's, um, let's drop in. I think that's all I have to report. Is that all I have to report? I've been talking for a long time. Let's, uh, let's sit here and see if anything bubbles to the surface. Nope. Nope. That's it. All right. So without further ado, let's bring us in. This is Inside the Mind's Eye with Sam Roth. The thoughts, ideas, and emotions of those are who of those. Just listen to me, fuck this whole up, pull the thing up. The, pursuing the the it's uh, about people is what it's about. Mm-hmm. Getting inside, you know, exploring the, the voice in your in your head and your heart uh, in pursuit of a dream. Or if you've lived a dream or actualized a dream, how you got there and the experience, the emotions uh, a lot along with that. Do you remember when we did this uh four or five years ago
1: oh yeah no it was with um it was on another platform shell to not be mentioned or henceforth shall not be mentioned
0: but uh, yeah, be named for that huh I remember we did globe in the dark art oh god dude i got rid of those business cards so long mm-hmm. ago <laughs> but literally yeah. i got done with like i moved on to the like, woodworking stuff um i don't have any of my cards
1: in here but i moved on to the woodworking and stuff and everybody i knew was like yeah
0: dude that globe in the dark art was like a real weird name i was like why didn't anybody tell me Your People <laughs> told me it was terrible i appreciated it i i thought it was nice dude The first time, the first time we did this, we, I had to come over and we did a video and it was one of the, I was so afraid to be on Mm -hmm. video. And I remember doing it with you and you were like, why are you scared, dude? Just say what you want to say and get it out.
1: Say what you need to say. Yeah. just
2: Say what you need to say.
1: I just had to uh, tape myself for something for a video for work. And I just, I've never understood people that like stop and start, like, they're like, this is a bad take. I'm just going to stop. I just let it roll for like 20 minutes. And I found like the minute and 30 where I had all of my shit together. And I was like, that's it right there. So that means that I have 18 minutes and 30 seconds of me just like staring off defeated into space or just like giving myself a, a nice little talk. And I think honestly, that's more riveting than the
0: minute and 30 seconds where I had it all together. That and that makes me want to ask you, dude, because it seems like you don't have the you don't have the paralyzing self-consciousness with who you are. Is that a good description? Like, do you you're not afraid to be who you are?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess at the end of the day, like I don't really think about it that much. So, but I think that's
0: kind of (laughs) what you're talking about. That's why I want you on here. I want you to teach me, bro. Like you just don't think about it. You don't think about how others see you. You don't really, what's your compass? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you do the art that you do and be, be who you are?
1: I think at the end of the day, God, I need to stop saying this. this is like time I've said, it. I don't know. See, that's like my, my, uh, my holdout or whatever. What is that word called? Stalling. That's my stall. At the end of the day. Now, it's just being honest. Uh when I first came into like recovery or got sober or whatever, I would literally have to um I like say something. I'd be like, Oh, I had a red car. And then I'd immediately be like, That's a lie. My car was white. I don't know why I just lied to you about that, but I did. Um, and so it's just adhering to that like rigorous honesty.
0: One of the main reasons I wanted to get you on the show is you have a way of doing that not only in your life like like i i'm playing D. this is what's happening this is how we're doing it i'm leading a dungeon we're going oh, go yeah. to the go oh, there you go
1: Ta-da. there it is
0: playing dd and
1: playing the at- Play hl
0: Play yeah, you 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 say these are the these are the fish tanks i'm designing and carpentering and building and selling and you can have one or not i don't care it's what i'm doing it's mm-hmm. like you, the to to use a more a psychological or psychiatric term it's more of an actualized state where you are who you are and what you are in that moment and that's that's there's nothing else to say you're speaking your truth right you're living your truth
1: I think um like I said
0: it's rare it's rare dude I'll be because when we met I was Mm -hmm. I'd been in it for about six months I think maybe And it still is a rare trait.
1: I think like it really does come down to like one of the reasons why I picked you as my sponsor was because like you were playing music. um, You seem to live your life free of the expectations of others. um, And you were genuinely happy. Like the anxieties of the expectations of others seemed to be something that you were free of.
0: At that time, yeah.
1: And so, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted what you had, so I did what you did in that time. And it's, it's, it's like, it's a small thing. When you look at it at this like large scale, it seems like a self-actualization. But from my perspective, like I started drawing because I called up somebody and they were like, dude, you need a hobby. And so I started drawing, and then that became route and routine, and my anxiety would creep up. And so I had to take it to the next level of, you know, as my current sponsor says, you have to find your happy place and go there as often as possible.
0: So before, before the drawing, you didn't have a happy place?
1: Well, happy place is like an expression, like, you know, I would run and stuff like that, but then it became like, you know, I would run to excess. Like I would run until like my fucking lungs burned and I was going to throw up. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: Like it was something where I was literally trying to outrun my thoughts and I could not run fast enough.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I tried the whole working out thing and I would eventually just push myself to where I would hurt myself. And then I couldn't go back to the gym for a while. And I was just like, dude, I'm not about this. So I started drawing because it was there and it was something to do. And like, at first it was painful. Like I was like, God, this sucks. But eventually what it like came down to was leaning into the acceptance that I was being taught by other people. Like, yo, this is how I see the world, you know, starry night. Is a masterpiece and it is not hyper realistic. You know what I mean? Like, this is how I view the world, and like, that's okay. This is where I'm at. And there was a saying that I just clung to forever as like forgiveness to myself and kind of giving myself that grace. And I hate when people say that, but that's what it was is that like, I'm not very good at scuba diving, but that's because I don't do it all the time. You know? The great theologian Liberace. This is something, a story my dad told me, and I've said it a, a million times, and I'll probably say it a million more. That somebody went up to Liberace after one of his concerts and was like, I wish I could play piano like you. And he was like, No, you don't. And like the fan was taken aback, and he's like, um, If you wished you could play piano like me, you would sit down and practice every day like I have. You would work and hone your craft. And um, that is, like, they're just certain things, I don't know, like, I just seem to be, a, like, I just soak stuff like that up, and I'm like, okay. And then I run into AA, and they say you can't uh, think your way into right action, you have to act your way into right thinking. Mm. So I take all of these things that I've gathered together, and I'm like, what is, what does that look like in action? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm terrible at drawing because I don't do it all the time. So I just started drawing to keep my anxiety at bay. And then I would get bored with it, my anxiety would creep in. And then that's when I got into the painting. And then I had all these paintings on my walls and I was like, you know, I have all these paintings, but like, I just, I like things to be practical, to be functional. So I was thinking to myself, what's something that I could do, that I could build, that I could create, that is functional. And I was like, well, I need a kitchen table and nobody ever thought that i could sell a painting but i ended up selling a painting for like 400 dollars, which blew my mind nobody more surprised than me yeah So, um something i also told myself is like if i could get through the first and this was with my teaching that i never actually got to if i can get through the first day that's the hardest and i can make it through the second day If i can make it through the second day those are the two hardest days i can make it through the first week if I can make it through the first week, that's the hardest week, you know, and it builds on from there. And eventually it was like, so if I can make it through today, I can make it through the next three months. Mm. Um. And so it was building, scaffolding those things together. It's like a scaffolding out of desperation. To get back to the running, I was attempting to outrun my anxieties my fears um the depression i was feeling as long as i could stay like one step ahead of it like i was going to be okay um and so naturally it just it had to build it had to get bigger and bigger as my fears and my anxieties got bigger um and then eventually i did end up uh in the mental institution uh because i was an unmedicated bipolar person um, and at that point I was so driven and so in the midst of all of the things that I was doing when the anxieties and the fears dropped away, I didn't want to stop running. I just kept doing it. And it was like,
2: why not? Why not do that?
1: What? Cause somebody's going to judge me like,
0: wait, wait, wh- I'm, I'm confused. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the depression hit full force, right?
1: Oh yeah, no, when I, it was, it was, I was teetering on the ledge and then I got into the program and that was almost like a booster shot that can go for like another 60 days. And then I like super fell off. And that's when I was talking to you and you were like, dude, you need to either see a psychiatrist or get checked in. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to see a psychiatrist. And you were like, well then I guess you know what you need to do and you hung up the phone on me you fucking hung up on me and everybody I tell that story to is like what a monster and I was like no like the conversation was over I knew what I had to do he knew what I had to do like why do we need to keep talking about it you have to act your way into right thinking I had to take the necessary action in order to get into a good place
0: and that was what was that action
1: uh, I went to a meeting the next day and was like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you were like, dude, no, you're not. And I was like, ah, oh, you're right. Um, and I went to one more meeting and then I went and I got checked into a mental institution.
0: And you checked in for, what would you say before they, you were diagnosed? What were your symptoms? What were you feeling? Why would you say you went and checked in?
1: Um, I went and checked in because I just, like, didn't want to live anymore. It was definitely like, I was, I was done, Um, you know, getting into recovery had broken the emotional dam and there were other things that were piling up in my life that just, like I said, getting into recovery gave me that like 60 day booster shot where I was like, no, I can make it. Um, And then it's like, no, dude, you can't. Um, And it's like trying to run up a hill and everything is like falling behind you. You know, in all the movies where they're like running across and there's like the the ground is giving out behind them and they're like, oh, I can do it, I can do it. And then like just see them drop and you see these like fingers, like that's kind of where I was at. I was at the finger stage and it was like, man, I can't, I can't get you up here. Like you have to.
0: So I just want to get, I want to give just a perspective to someone who may be listening, what it actually feels like to be in that state that you were in. It's, it's, and I'm just, I'm projecting my experience at you. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Mm -hmm. you wake up and you immediately wish you were not there. That's, that's for me. Like I wake up and I go, why the fuck am I existing? What's the point of anything yeah no happiness there's no joy nothing to look forward to
1: yeah you wake up and you're like shit i'm awake fuck i have to live another day it's that it's that purgatory between not wanting to live but being afraid to die and it's that space right there in between where you're like i don't want to take myself out because i'm terrified of what's on the other side but i don't want to stay here because I'm miserable and so you're just right here in the middle and you don't know you're frozen it's a petrification of humanity in my opinion
0: Um, it's almost as if your essence has has staled yeah and in, in my experience it's it's just it gets so existential I just don't know the point of anything there's nowhere to go and what is I don't even know what it's like to feel. Ha- it's like, it's one of those things, like, I guess it comes back to kind of addiction too, or in a sense is like, you, you know, the moment when you feel like you're craving so hard, like you have to have that drink, you forget the fact that you can go, you know, the feeling will pass. You don't realize that, you know, especially in heavy states of depression, it lingers and it lasts so long
1: that mm-hmm. it seems
0: inconceivable that things would ever change.
1: And it's also, um, yeah, it's just, it's like living with blinders on. Um, there's an old, uh, it's not old, but you know, I went through a religious phase. I would still like to consider myself a spiritual or religious person, but you know, it says there's a phrase, uh, phrase in the Bible where it's talking about wearing lights on your feet. Um, and I couldn't even get that. It's like walking around in a cave in the dark. And you keep on hitting your head on stuff and tripping over stuff and you see no light. You know, this, this is as far as you can see. And this is your whole existence right here in front of you, not arm's length in front of you. Like you can only see as far as the tip of your nose. And when you can't see a light from that distance, that's hopeless. Because the distance you travel in a single day is so small that you're like, this is how it's going to be forever. And I have all of this anecdotal proof that that's how it is.
0: Yeah. When the, when the idea of putting shoes on or stepping outside the front door is just unimaginable. Getting out of bed. Oh yeah.
1: Forget putting shoes on. Yeah. Like sitting up you're, and the whole time you're like, get up, get up, get up, go. And my favorite is the countdown. you are like, all right, five, four, three, two, one, one (laughs) and like nothing happens and you're like "Ah, uh, that was that was always my favorite and then there was this like cycle of self-loathing where I'm like you couldn't even get up at one it's like why why Mm. at a certain point there is a a thought or a um a malfunction of thought processes But sometimes that's, in my case, it was predicated on the fact that there's a chemical imbalance in my brain. Um, And for me, getting on the correct stuff was like, I was like waking up out of a dream and being like, oh, oh. Well, this is bizarre. I, I, I imagine that uh, people that put on those like um, those glasses that make them see color—that's kind of the same thing.
0: And that that was after you got put on medication. Yeah. And you um, never been you hadn't been on medication up to that up to checking into the the mental health.
1: Nope.
0: Okay, so you're twenty three years old, is that correct, or twenty two?
1: I think it was twenty three, going on twenty four.
0: And you're six months sober about check in, or sixty days sober, and you check into a.
1: I had stopped drinking that January, but I didn't make it to a meeting until January, February, March, April, May, June, until like May or June.
0: Yeah, and then no, you
2: check- it, it had to be.
0: I remember you, I remember you talking to me while you were in, inpatient being like, it's kind of, it's weird because I'm telling people I'm six months sober and they don't believe me or they're like, why are you, what are you doing?
1: Oh yeah. Because I got checked in like the first week of August. Cause I remember the Sunday I got checked in on a Sunday because Monday I was supposed to go back to school.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. I remember talking to you leading up to that. And I, I remember being like, S- what's the point of school if you feel this way? Like, that was is irrelevant. That was that-
1: so bizarre that I my choices were uh, going to work with middle schoolers or getting checked into a mental institution. <laughs> Some people would say that that is a very fine line. Uh Like which one you're picking um so i remember having to like send the email and be like hey guys i'm not coming back and they were like well why not but by the time i got the
0: best for everyone if i don't come back
1: (laughs) well by the time i got the why not email it was like i had already been checked in and i didn't have a phone like i had no way of contacting them
0: yeah so, so, so take me back to there. So you, do they get you on medication right away? I want to know what it's like when you when something gets flipped and you wake up and you could see like you were describing color. Like, what is that like? How, how soon did that work? And, and what was that like?
1: There's it's it's it was a slow process because it has to, like, build up in your system.
0: Was there relief? Was there relief that you were somewhere?
1: Oh, yeah. No, as soon as the door clicked behind me, it was like I exhaled. And I was like, uh, like, finally letting go after all that time. They actually let me out of the little area, the the pre-screening area to go outside and, like, smoke two cigarettes. And the lady was like, normally we don't do this, but, like, I don't know. She just looked at me and was like. I just got a feeling about you that you're fine.
2: That's
1: like,
0: probably Doxy.
1: You know where you're supposed to be and you just want to go out and have a smoke. And that like,
0: sounds like Dots, dude. Um, I, used to, I, just to, just, I used to work in the access center doing mm-hmm. assessments with everyone up there. I wasn't working when you checked in. It was years later. but So, yeah, she let you go have a cigarette. You, you looked like you were, you know, you were, were going to check in. You, you weren't a flight risk.
1: Mm-mm. yeah and that was the other thing too is like being on the other side of that door hearing it click behind me being able to walk out and then come back around the lady at the front desk was like how and I was like, I don't they smoke a cigarette i don't know what doing. <laughs> and she yeah. just was like yeah made a weird face pressed the button and you
0: heard that um it took about, it took about a year before she stopped making that face at me. And I worked there <laughs> just yeah. every day, dude.
1: <laughs> um, but no, I got, I got in there and it was, you know, the, the first step is admit that your life is, or you're powerless over alcohol and that your life is unmanageable. And it was really easy to tell you, Oh yeah, no, I read the 12 and 12 and my life is unmanageable but that's like an admission of the unmanageability of your life without saying anything. You know, the old St. Francis of Assisi thing where it's like preach every day of your life and speak when necessary. Um, That's what that was. And so the floodgates, like I thought that I had had this like cathartic experience and then I really just let it go. Like all of the walls came down, and I just basically emotionally imploded. But, like, that's what needed to happen, man. It was like inside. Yeah, it was like, dude, burn the forest down. We're going to start over.
0: What does that look like for you? Emotionally imploded. What do you mean? Oh, it was um, because the door clicks, and you're like, you get a sense of relief that you don't have to do anything anymore. You're going to, something's going to, something's changed
1: oh the wizard of oz the witch melting that's what it felt like
0: when the the door shut
1: uh no i would say like after i got on unit and i woke up the next day and it was like this is real this is happening i cannot leave i cannot go outside to smoke a cigarette unless they tell me i can and i have to take these pills they're like here you go I don't want to. Well, you have to for the first seventy-two hours. So, and I was on the unit where it was like,
0: the uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest.
1: The the suicide watch. yeah Like. Fifteen huh. minute checks. Yeah, I cannot. I can't leave this. Five by fifteen foot square.
0: Oh yeah, you're constantly observed.
1: This this is my life now, and
0: I was like. Huh. Well,
1: that was truly accepting and letting go. And after that, it was like, I did have a few emotional outbursts in there. It was not good. I had Dr. Hush called on me a couple of times.
0: Dr. Hush is when, is when we have to calm a patient down and administer medication sometimes if they can de-escalate without medication we would prefer that mm-hmm. did you get the shot or did you de-escalate
1: i de-escalated it was mostly around um you know outside issues creeping in and the medication hadn't taken full effect and there was a lot of uh discussion between my parents and i about how i was to uh explain my situation to other people and i was like i don't give a shit i do not care like yo i'm here for me like yeah my mom's birthday is coming up there's going to be a birthday party tell them what you want i really don't care really do you want to tell everybody that your son's in a mental institution have fun with that um i had no shame about it but there's a a level of shame and stigma that's attached to it like oh you had to go to a mental
0: yeah, I think we should all be telling the truth. But I mean, it's up to, uh, it's a, we're no expert. Dr. Hush is essentially a code that goes on the speaker system that alerts everyone on staff that a patient has become, or a client has become erratic. And we have to show up because we may have to restrain somebody. So give me give me an example. <laughs> I just wanted to get it clear before we move forward. Give me an example of like, would you get off the phone and then you would just start stomping around or...
1: Um, I think the, the best example, there was a guy that I was in there with, he was my roommate. Um, and he was trying to fight everybody. He was trying to fight everybody. Um, and I was like real chill and real Zen. Like I was like, dude, I would get up and I would do yoga and like meditate in the morning for like 10 minutes, like do yoga for like a solid 25 and then just sit, close my eyes meditation for 10 minutes. I was living the dream in there. And then I had a, a family session and, uh, you know, that didn't go so well. Um, we had some disagreements about some stuff. Uh, and I never really was an angry guy until I got sober. And then there wasn't that, there wasn't that barrier. There wasn't that natural de-escalation. It just was there. And I went rage cage, I like stood up and I literally to the, I shit you not. I went, you're cool, you're cool, fuck you, I'm out. Um, And I walked out and I literally just started tearing shit apart. Like I went into my room and my roommate was sleeping and I was like flipping the bed, throw like flipping the desk, um, just trying to destroy something and my roommate who was trying to fight everybody.
0: Um, Keep going. Don't pay attention to me. Oh, dude. Sorry,
1: it's, it's the juice. I was like, what are you doing, bro? Um,
0: <laughs> I'm enthralled. I don't want to interrupt you, dude. This yeah, is all- Mr., Mr.
1: Big and Bad, he woke up, looked at me, and was like, I want no part of this, and like stepped out of the room. Um, I think I got charged for a chair because um, <laughs> I just threw it at the wall, um, and that wasn't good enough, so I picked it up and started smacking it against the desk Um, and uh, yeah then like my arms got tired
0: and before Uh, you know it how how, were you surrounded
1: I was in my room I had good enough sense to go in my room and there were like four big motherfuckers standing at the door and like a nurse who was just kind of standing there and the dude was like you cool? And I was like, yeah, I'm good, man. Just like breathing heavily. Like, like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then it was like the Zen returned. And I think that's what freaked out everybody. Most of all was to see somebody that was real chill, just like lose his shit. And then he was back and it was like, Oh, bipolar. Got it. Check that box. Um, and then sometimes I would just curl up in a ball and cry. So that's, yeah. Mm. Yep dude that is that's not a figure of speech either i want to be very clear literally curled curl up in a ball and cry
0: and so so you're you're put in a situation where you have no control no freedom nowhere to go uh you're you know you were you'd begun your process of recovery Mm -hmm. but it did not cure the depression it did not it did not compare the emotional uh Expression of your innards. I don't. I don't want to use the word bipolar, but yeah. it might have been bipolar. <laughs> and so you're so you're in a space where there is no respite from yourself, and then the emotions rise, and it's fluctuating. Serious anger, serious sadness. You don't know when in, in a daily in a day the first few days. I would I would am venturing to guess that you would experience several different realms of emotional states.
1: Oh yeah. It was like, I think that's why I did yoga and I meditated because that was like the only time of the day where it wasn't just like absolute chaos. Um, but it was okay. Like I was in a place where it could be absolute chaos and nobody would, everybody was
0: like, yeah, you're cool bro. Don't worry about it. It was like you were sweating yourself out of your system essentially.
1: Yeah. And also like I had people from the program call me, I had people drop off cigarettes for me i was like they're like how you doing man i was like oh, i'm doing pretty good um i'm almost out a cigarette so that's a bummer and they like would show up and give me two few packs and
0: i was like damn so you were so you were you were on observation on the unit you're probably only on for a couple days three days most
1: I don't even remember. It was when you're on observation, it's like one flows into the next.
0: So when, so when you transitioned to the halfway house, right, you went to the adult men's living, right? Oh,
1: you think I was on unit for three days. Oh, no, no, no. I was on unit for like two and a half weeks.
0: Oh, you were on the psych unit cottage C for two and a half weeks.
1: If not, I'm, it might've been a month. Damn, bro. Yeah, dude, I was there. I was hanging out.
2: Because
1: mm. I would be doing real good. And then I would just go like, you know, fucking nutsy Bobo, just Rage Cage. And they'd be like, you're going to hang out for a little bit. And I was like, yeah, that's totally fine with me. So how how long until
2: you started to stabilize? Um,
1: I would say I... I stabilized pretty well after like about the first week and then it was the other problem. I don't know if you know what, I know, you know what night terrors are. Yeah. My other issue is I would wake up at three thirteen, and when I'm really stressed out, I still wake up at three thirteen. I just don't have like the adrenaline coursing through my veins like I used to. Um, so that's what would really like, Weird people out when I was on unit is that they would be they would see me during the day and I'd be totally fine, but you know I was what do they call it a, a sundowner where like as soon as the sun went down like that's when all the demons came out to play yeah and
0: uh, was, which is an interest it's an extremely fascinating phenomena especially on the older adult older adult units like clockwork as soon as the sun goes down seven o'clock everybody on that unit. of them start acting erratically. Some are listening to radios that aren't playing, talking to people that aren't there. It's a really weird phenomena. So you would experience the same thing, but it would be at 3.13 a.m.?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I would have a hard time, like, getting to sleep, and, like, I would just get super anxious and just, like, start having panic attacks. Like, I never talked to anybody that wasn't there, but, like, tachycardia, the whole nine yards. Like... But then like when the sun was out, I was like, yeah, man, things are good. Until I would rage cage. And so it was a very up and down. The more I talk about it, the more terrifying it sounds. That sounds like a completely different person somewhere else.
0: No, well, this is what's so fascinating is that there's someone else experiencing what you're describing right now. Yeah. Will get through it and be who you are right now. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's weird to look at this and view it because it does sound like a lot, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but the, but the, 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 coolest part about it is like, you're like, look at you now. Like,
1: well, and that's the thing, like just to full circle it. When I got out of, uh, out of Ridgeview, um, or when I got out of the mental institution, sorry. Um, I called somebody and they were like, dude, get a hobby. And so I took the suggestion just like I did when I first came into a meeting. This is how it works. Listen to the people that have what you want. And so I got a hobby and I started drawing. Mm. The drawing became painting. The painting became woodworking. Um, You know, I've like I I have an LLC now. Can you believe? Oh, this is crazy. I don't know if you can see it. but i was getting stressed out about work and so on this map this giant map there is a pin for every sale that i've made on um etsy
0: dude that's so fucking awesome
1: and you can see all of these pins right yeah and the thing is it's not just the eastern seaboard like um i've shipped to Bellevue, Washington twice, I've or Bellingham, sorry, I've shipped to Bellevue too. I've shipped to Washington, uh, Oregon. I've shipped to California at least half a dozen times. Um, on New York, there's actually a big one. This one's a little bit bigger than the rest of them. That's because I've shipped to New York five times. Um, that's since January. That's not since like 2017 or 2016 that's since january
0: and this is all your artwork your, your carpentry your woodwork
1: yeah that's just the woodworking just the hexagon shelves i make
0: so this is okay i'm glad we got here dude because i you remember me you remember me when i was in, in a bit of a state of mania right i was obsessed mm-hmm. with artistry the pursuit of your dreams I fumbled yeah. through the intro of this thing because I don't think that's even what, what I'm talking, what, what, what interests me anymore. It does, it, it infinite, it's infinitely interesting. But there was yeah. a time where it was all I cared about. How, like when you would show me your drawings, I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's see more. And then with the Globe and the Dark Art, and I was like obsessed with, I wanted to figure out, I just want to hear what you think. I'm going to say a statement and you tell me what you think. I think creativity is absolutely essential for someone to establish a, a a healthy or holistic way of living. Like the, the output of, of your artistic expression. Is it, is it wrong to say that, that, that might've been a piece of the puzzle that had been missing? I
1: mean, I had always done like a lot of creative writing and like, I had like drawn and stuff before, but what, it came down to is that I was I would say that creativity some people think that creativity is this like thing that you're born with it's like a raw ability Um, and I would push back against that that creativity is a muscle it's something that you have to continue to work on and continue to use um, you know I'm not good at scuba diving, but that's because I don't do it all the time. Um, I wasn't very creative, but that's because
0: I. I'm looking at it like an energy thing, right? Like, I don't know. I have all this energy. And if I'm not doing something with my hands, I fall back into existential states of depression. It doesn't matter how sober or spiritual or enlightened I think I am.
1: Mm -hmm. no, how much
0: Zen I've attained if I'm not doing something with my hands and building or creating or designing or expressing myself, I'm, I'm not, I'm not well. Look at dude. Yeah. Will you talk about this dude? This is origami, uh, origami cranes.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, is that when I used to, it's, it's, it's like a stacking effect. Like I used to draw because I would get anxious and then all of a sudden I had these just sketchbooks upon sketchbooks you know 100 page sketchbooks that were completely filled with um doodles and drawings and sketches and stuff like that and i had nothing to do with them and i was like what do i do with these and then i like started getting getting into origami cuz i was like oh that's something else i can do with my hands to twitter all around and stuff like that and then i was like i have all these these doodles and these sketches that mean nothing to me because the purpose of them was to work my anxiety out. It was to take up my time because when I first got out of the mental institution, uh, it was a rule that I could not be in the house by myself. And I could really only sit at a coffee shop for so long. And I didn't have like an iPhone. I didn't have like a smartphone. And I just could only stare at things for so long and I didn't want to write anymore because I had been writing for so long, I was just sick of it. So I started drawing, just the anxiety was still there and it needed something to combat it. And at first it was drawing and then I found out origami paper was really expensive. So I started ripping up these drawings and folding them into cranes um, because it was something where I had to concentrate. If i didn't If I didn't concentrate, then I was gonna mess it up. That one's my third block of two hundred and fifty. Um, the first two blocks I just gave them away um there's a tree oh it's actually right there. I don't know if you can see it from there, um but you see the tree uh, uh, the, the between the two birds yeah yeah, so that has a bunch of like origami birds on it that my friend bought for me i was I walked into a store with him, and I was like how much for the tree and they were like the tree is not for sale and i was like what if i bought every single origami crane on here and she was like well it's three dollars a crane and there's 60 of them and i was like okay And then i was like i'll save up for it my friend actually bought it for me and walked out of the store and gave it to me and so it was something that people whenever a new person would come over to my house they would take a crane with them and then i started running out of cranes So i started folding more for people to take and then before i knew it i was drowning in cranes
0: (laughs) i remember the crane video dude it was awesome
1: it was like i was drowning in doodles and then i was drowning in cranes and uh my roommate's mom came over and she (laughs) loved them she was like this is amazing because i get about 22 or 23 pieces of paper out of each drawing that i did so that constitutes like 15 16 drawings and each drawing took me between like two and three hours and then it took me another 10 hours on top of that that's like 80 or 90 hours of me kicking my anxieties ass that's what that um and so to me i'm not going to sell that that's not the point of it the point of it was that i would be able to work out my anxiety through stages of things, through a process. And if someone looks at that and is like, wow, that is beautiful. It is literally the crystallization of my anxiety. So to give it away is nothing. Um, And she was like, oh my God, you know, I I can't take this. So she ended up putting it in a nursing home that she works at. And she was like, "Oh, well, I can't decide which one to take, because I had two blocks at that time, and I said, "Take them both. Just take them." Um, it had served its function for me. Um, and so woodworking is the same way. You know, except for now, I sell my stuff because it's like I could either get a part-time job or I could make a part-time job, so I took door number two. Um, so I make these little hexagon shelves, and you cannot be absent-minded while you are working a miter saw. That's just not something you can do. Uh.
2: Uh-uh.
1: Um. The art and the origami and the cranes and the paintings and the drawings. Um. It was not sustainable. Woodworking is sustainable. Like you've seen the stuff that I've built for myself. You know, I've bought all sorts of tools off of the money that I've made from woodworking and it's still that artistic working out of my anxiety where i am present and if i'm not i'm going to lose a finger it's that i find activities where i have to be present or things are going to get fucked up and just like creativity it's a muscle when you are constantly doing things that make you be present you are more present um and you know the D thing um i was going to my friend's house and i used to be really into video games and stuff like that and i had my tv and my xbox in the back of my car and my car got broken into and they stole it and i had to do something so i started playing magic like the card game because it was something i used to do and then i was like yeah I was like, well, if I'm gonna play magic, like let's do this, you know what I mean? Like I am going to fully embrace my nerddom and this makes me happy. And very few things in this world make me happy. So I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna find my happy place. So then I just went to D&D and I did that. And I was like, huh. Well, I want to learn how to do that Dungeon Master thing because some kids at the school want to play D&D, the school that I was working at. Yeah. The best way to learn how to do something is to do it and to fail. Um, Hopefully not by losing a finger, but – and people were like, wow, that was a lot of fun. And I was like, oh. You know, it's that is the first time in my life where I could completely control something and nobody was going to say anything about it. Like I could completely control something and not destroy it, Hmm. Um, and it's like it's an avalanche, man. Like you take suggestions from other people, and the suggestions I got were find somebody that has what you want, do what they do until they get you until you get what they have. Um, You know, if I really want something, it's like how bad do I want it? Do I really want it, or am I going to put 10,000 hours in? Am I going to sit behind the piano and practice as much as the person who has what I want is doing?
0: Yeah. But what is it that you, what is it that you want in the realm of the arts though? It seems to me like you're just, you're doing it similar to me. It's because you have to, it's not like it's something that, it's not like I could wake up tomorrow and decide, you know, to stop. You know what I'm saying? I have to just learn how to live with it.
1: Well, see, that's a great thing. I actually, deactivated all of my things on Etsy because it was becoming so overwhelming. I was having like 30, 35 orders at a time because it had just skyrocketed and things were going really well. I don't know. I guess I do good work. Who knows?
0: It's a style. That's the thing that it's, it's, you've got a style. It's there's a style to everything you create. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's why, that's why I'm it, just doing man. But that's why it probably took flight is because you're not sitting at a woodworking bench, trying to be a woodworker. You're Mm -hmm. getting out. You're, you're expressing, you're, you're creating in the way that you want to. You're not looking at a book or trying to make something that will sell. You're just making shit.
1: Yeah, no, I literally just, it's, at first it was about keeping the enemy at the gates as far as like depression and anxiety. And when you're doing it for those reasons, like you just do it. There's no ulterior motive. There's no outcome from this. There's no, I am doing it because it keeps my mind here, not in the future, not in the past. Like, if I don't stay right here, and that's the thing to this day, like, I've got six years, six years, man. Um, and when somebody gets into an existential conversation, I put up a boundary and I say, Look, I can talk to you all day about, like, you know.
0: The implications of whether there's yeah. bad or our perspective makes it so. I tried to go there at the beginning of this conversation. You didn't want yeah. to go. There.
1: The whole, like, <laughs> fate versus um yeah and i'm like Meh. bye. bye <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> we were talking we were talking about the movie you were like it will change the way you see reality and i was like you know what i finally feel like i have a firm firm grip on reality and i'd like to keep it that way i'm not really interested in detaching my firm grip of reality and no. it's all based in the things that i do I mean, it was Taylor Molly said, um, changing your mind is the best way to know that you still have one. Uh, He said changing your mind, not detaching your mind. Um, I fought so long and so hard to not be in a constant state of fear and just franticness that it's like, I just put my roots down and was like i'm here i'm gonna stay here and i'm gonna do whatever it takes to stay here and there's something that somebody told me when i was in the it was like keep going you don't ask why you don't question it you just keep going and it's like well what no it's not a discussion this is not an invitation to a discussion keep going
0: the reason we're sitting here right now is because that's what you told me two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you said, you said you need to be consistent. And I agree with you 110%. I've never been able to do that. Everything I've done in the realm of my art has been an expression to save myself or absolve myself or, you know, it was a coping mechanism, right? And now i want to get it to the part where it's just an asset it's just part of who i am it's something i need to do to maintain cuz it's there's something i read the other day that was like it was like kick uh you know write the thing create the thing make the thing um and then spend the rest of your day meditating it's like go do your thing do your stuff so you can meditate essentially like the idea that to get it out you know it seems to me that it's just like any routine that I have, whether it be my diet, my exercise, my recovery, my meditations, the creative work I do is a part of the puzzle that keeps me present and keeps me wanting to be here. Well, so, see,
1: what I would point out, why isn't it already an asset?
0: No, no, it is an asset.
1: Oh, you, well, you are saying like, I wanna make it an asset and- my,
0: Well, the issue was my identity. And my self, my my egoic self, created an attachment to it, in the sense that I felt like I I, um, I felt like it was supposed to take me somewhere. Like the whole genesis of this podcast was I had a dream, and I wanted to talk to people who also had dreams, and I wanted to hear the the I wanted to hear that it was possible from people. So I had an intention for this thing before I ever went into it, when mm-hmm. I first started it. Now, I just don't give a fuck anymore. It really yeah. doesn't matter. It's just, you know, it's just something I wanna, I enjoy the process. I don't, I don't believe there's anywhere to go anymore. I, the the illusion of a, a place or, or a result coming from any of the shit that I do, to make me happy is has been shattered it's not going to make me happy um so it's just like you're saying is like the the quality that you have that i don't have uh is ownership ownership of who you are and ownership of how you how you re- reate how you relate to the work that you do and yourself
1: and i guess that's the thing is um I don't consider it work it's a practice like anything else you know people get up and brush their teeth and pour a cup of coffee um i just dude it really all flows back to me sitting at cool beans with crayons and pencils like really shitty colored pencils we're talking like crayola colored pencils and just being so irate at the fact that i just could not draw what i wanted to draw and being like you know what just fuck it this is how i see the world this is my perspective and i don't have anything to prove to anybody and what's going to be is going to be like if this process has taught me nothing else whatever is going to happen is going to happen and it's all going to be all right you know that's that terrible phrase where it's like if it's not all right it's not the end um i lived for so long saying that everything sucks and nothing's ever going to get any better And so instead of thinking my way into right action i acted as if everything was okay and it was only going to get better and things began to happen in my life um you know i got a better job dude i like clean dishes for the first year and a half that i was sober and i it said like we have a new employer. That's what it said in the book. So I acted like I had a new employer. Dude, I acted like Jesus was going to walk through the back door of my kitchen and eat off of the plates that I was cleaning. I acted as if, um, you know, my higher power is uh, Buddha and Jesus and Sid Vicious all put into one person. <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. I acted as if, my higher i worked in my higher powers kitchen dude i got underneath and scrubbed the bottom of like prep tables like completely detail clean stuff
2: when i had nothing to do because
1: that's how it works i had to act as if i had a new employer and i continue to do that so even when my employer was not so good to me or this, that, the other, I acted as if that wasn't the case. And I was like, things are better than they were and they're only gonna get better. But I had to like, there was work involved in that. There was going to meetings, there was doing the steps, there was um, being honest with myself that I needed to be admitted to an institution and that I needed to get on medication. And that um, I needed to create relationships of accountability. I needed to call people and be like, yo, man, this is what's going on. Help me. Like, that's the work that goes in. And then on the personal side, there was the, I got to find something to do with my time now that I'm not just sitting around drinking, watching Star Trek, because that's what I used to do during the days. I would drink and watch old Star Trek. Um, Near the end there, that was the dark days. and I need to find something to do, I need to occupy my time, I need to be working on those muscles that have become apathy, my creativity, um, my dependability. Like, when I say I'm going to do something, I need to show up and do that. And when I'm not going to be able to make it, I need to say, I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, you know, being honest, like there's just so many things in there that I had to work on and it was slowly but surely, you know, don't ever discount the importance of baby steps. Um, and it just, it, like I said earlier, it's an avalanche, man. Like at first it's very slow and it's very like, oh, nothing's happening. And, you know, now like, I got a new job in the middle of a pandemic. Etsy just hit me up and said, hey, we need more information from you because you're making so many sales that you're getting taxed differently. Um, You know, I've made a hundred sales in the last, what, January, February, March, April? Four months. Four months. It's May now, but I've deactivated my Etsy because I want to concentrate on other things. I have chickens.
0: You got tons of chickens. All my true.
1: chickens, dude.
0: Bro, you've got a whole hen a hen house back. And well, there's no hen. Wait, are they only hens?
1: They're all hens. Yeah. No. Nope.
0: The hen house. Yeah, it is a hen house. Bro. Oh. This has been the shit dude. I cannot, first of all, I can't even express how much I've learned just listening to you, especially these last 20 minutes. It was like, I can't wait to listen back.
1: Yeah. Cut the first 20 minutes. I know we're like super over. It's been like an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, dude, but what you were saying was so profound and I needed to hear that shit, dude. Everything you were saying, I can't wait to listen back to it. I, I do, how long have we been going anyway?
1: What is it? Uh, Like 8.30. We started at
0: 8.30. It's almost like. Dude, and then the the Ridgeviews. Anyway, I want to, let me just get some quick questions in before we close out. Is that okay?
1: Oh yeah. Sorry. We, did you have questions? My bad. I've just been like, oh. I. You
0: see. I had questions in the beginning and then I realized you didn't want to go where I wanted to go. So I was no, just, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to do me, man. You know
0: what I'm saying? That's all I'd want from you, dude, because this was the shit. This is, I mean like, you know, with this, the stuff with the stuff, I don't, it, hopefully it helps someone. Um, uh, but the reality is it's helping me, dude. You've, you've, you've continued to be, uh, a force in my life that has helped guide me when I don't know or when like just like I said before the example of consistency and like literally everything you just spoke about like I was thinking in my head I need to go do my writing exercises like while you were talking I was like fuck I gotta get out I gotta go do my writing exercises I cannot go to sleep tonight without doing the exercises
1: well I want to be very clear about something I have Etsy orders that I still have to do and I had to force myself to go out there and do it today like, I put off and I procrastinated and I moaned and droned. So, like, I'm no saint. I'm no, like, I have this list of things to do and I am going to go and do it now. Like, yo, man, the, the battle continues every day. <laughs> it's not like I can walk on water now. Like, I'm inconsistent sometimes. Like, I was talking to somebody about they needed to call people. And then I like, looked at my phone when I needed to call people. And I was like,
0: oh. <laughs> Let me run through this real quick because I think I can answer these. Qu- I'm going to actually answer these questions for you. And yes. you tell me if I'm right or wrong, okay? Okay. How to find your happy place?
1: Uh, I thought you were going to answer the questions. How to, how to find your happy place?
0: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I asked you that earlier. You didn't want to. We didn't really get there. You, somebody oh. suggested you to draw and then it, it found that you followed that suggestion and, and it looks like you're, you found it through action, through trying things.
1: Yeah, you just keep doing stuff. I did rock climbing for a while. Um, I did all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah, running, rock climbing, drawing, painting, woodworking, d d Magic the Gathering. You just, you just keep trying things.
1: That's another thing too dude happy Gilmore style happy Gilmore's happy place is a whole bunch of stuff strung together, so when the lights go out on one like right now I can't play d and d because uh the people I was playing with we met in person. I can still
0: go out to the wood shop all right, so the next question, what's up with the chickens dude <laughs> i have a very
1: I have a very compulsive roommate and the quarantine hit, and he was like, I'm going to do a garden, and I'm going to have chickens. And um, we're going to get more chickens. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, have, I have two aquariums. I have two crawfish, and like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 30 some fish. And it's just like, dude, they're like cats that don't live inside. that give you eggs. They're magical creatures. And
0: you can eat. You don't have to go. You, don't, you can eat. There, dude, I saw
1: something the other day that said that uh, birds are some of the only remaining ancestors of dinosaurs.
0: Yeah. Cannot unsee it. And crocodiles and alligators, dude. They look like, and lizards, dude. They look like dinosaurs.
1: If you get up close and personal with a chicken and then you go and look up a realistic thing of a velociraptor, there's nothing more empowering than having two like progenies of velociraptors eating out of your hands.
0: Yeah, because that's true about dinosaurs, right? They were birds. They, they had feathers, right? Mm-hmm. You know that now, right? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to remind me how full of shit my brain can be because, yeah, they're more like chickens than uh, uh, than lizards. Also,
1: and also, I defy anyone to see a chicken in real life and not be filled with joy.
0: It's just a happy dude since zelda since any chicken you're just happy to see a chicken mother hen
1: to whomever is listening this look up a chicken running not the movie chicken run but a chicken running when i go out in the morning they know that i'm gonna feed them and i do the little chicken call and they run and it is the most awkward thing i've ever seen in my life and i love it
0: (laughs) man we're gonna have to get footage of that dude all right sorry Anyway, all right. So and here's another question: How to discover who you are? I got the answer to this one. You just are.
1: Uh, are, yeah. Okay,
0: action. Huh? I, you know,
1: action. Steel, sharpen steel. If you are moving with enough momentum in a one direction, you will realize the things that are not beneficial to you and not core to who you are, and they'll essentially get taken off in. Like the the speed at which you're traveling, you can only hold on to so many things. And if you get enough momentum in a direction that feels good, everything else will fall away.
0: Boom, dude. Um
1: that's just my experience.
0: That's fucking dope, dude. I, I wish you could repeat it, but we got it on record so I can hear it again later. Owning your truth. That was what I was asking at the very beginning, was like, how have you always been able to own your truth?
1: Well, nobody owns truth. Like, I don't, I don't, if you ask me right now, point blank period, what my truth is, I'd be like, dude, no idea. I'm the incarnate of fake it till you make it.
0: I just. Act as if.
1: Yep. When people ask me how my day is going, I'm like living the dream. And somebody stopped me one time and was like, why do you always say that? I'm like, because if I say it enough, maybe eventually one day I will be doing it
0: man dude (laughs) living the dream man well you just answered the next question which is what's your perspective in pursuit of artistry
1: um artistry to me is like form and function i find to be the most fulfilled in my artistic pursuits when there is a functionality that when i drop out of that space of creative discovery and like creative searching you know that is basically the light to the darkness that is my anxiety and my depression that when i drop out of that space and i feel at ease for having done something that i can then pick up the thing that i've done and continue to use it I spend all of my time focusing on making sure that the table doesn't wobble. And that gets me out of myself and out of my thoughts and out of my negativity. And then I can stand back and be like, man, isn't this beautiful? And then I can go get a plate of eggs and sit down and eat at it. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. But there are some people that just the act of keeping those negative angels as it were at bay is good enough. And I totally support that. But to me, I've always stepped back and been like, well, what am I going to do with it now?
0: Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, so happiness and contentment, how do you find it? And my answer would be, you don't, it's, it's here. Mm -hmm. we have to get out of its way
2: yeah pretty much it's the thing is is that um go and watch
1: the movie about time at the end of the movie this isn't a spoiler um this guy's able to travel through time you know all this um and he goes through a day once and it's a miserable day and then he goes through the day again and he notices all these tiny little things that he's like you know today wasn't so bad if you only concentrate on why the world sucks and it's a terrible place then you will never see like the small joys of life um You know there are wonderful beautiful things happening all of the time um like the chickens man like i got squirrels i got birds in my backyard like you just watch something being itself and doing
2: what it does and you're like
1: what is that how do i get that a squirrel doesn't think about how to be happy a squirrel just like hops along the ground and does its thing. Birds don't think about how wonderful it is to fly. They just do it. So to me, it's like even, I remember sitting at the, in the mental institution, looking out, watching the wind blow through the trees and thinking how long it took that tree to grow. And it's just there, dude. And you just walk right on by it. It's like there's so many millions of miracles that are happening all the time that it's like, it's gonna be okay. And if it's not gonna be okay, I'm gonna make the best of it because I literally have no other option. I I made a tact that I was gonna make the best of what I was given. And whenever I stopped, no keep going well why no i'm going to make the best of what i have and bring as much light into other people's lives and as much positivity as i can and that's how i will make it through the day that at the end of the day when i put my head down at least i have done something good for someone else and if i haven't something good must have come in the way um, and you just, you find something to believe in, and then you don't question it.
2: Whew.
0: Damn. That was really good. Um, okay. So higher power in God. I heard you said Sid Vicious. You said, uh, Jesus Christ. And, uh, who's the Uda. third? Uda. Uda. Um... You
1: know, I heard something where it was like, life is like a roller coaster and like you put on your like little safety harness and then like that's when your higher power really takes it off the rails. And so to me, it's always been seeing the way the world functions and how I fumble through it because I still fully see myself as just a fumbling, bumbling idiot um, That the chaos is wrapped into the serenity you cannot have all of these things going on without there also being absolute chaos and so to me like that's where sid vicious comes in it just and at the end of the day it's going to be what it is there are all these beautiful wonderful peaceful things going on but the the system that keeps it balanced is that absolute chaos that keeps it all in motion.
2: Oh, man.
0: Dude, it's all a roller coaster ride, man. It's a dualistic expression of some sort of naturalistic energy field. Sure. All right. Perfect.
1: I know perfect. You want me to go down there, and I'm just not
0: going to do it, man. I mean, there's no reason to. <laughs> So you're okay. So, uh, this is the last one, dude. This is what I like to ask is I just, I just feel, I feel so dumb asking this question. All these questions i felt dumb about asking, but why? because I, I feel like your answers, uh, good question. Why? Because I feel like I'll be honest. Cause I feel like, you know, in a way that I don't know, and so it's like, I'm actually learning from you. It's, it's a oh, weird yeah. thing. That's the
1: most bizarre thing because I am fully confident in the fact that I have no fucking
0: clue what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's what's, that's what's incredible. It's like, it's like, it's, I'll tell you what it is. The battle in my mind that's happening, it's hap- my conception of who you are, what, what I, how I perceive you in my mind. Mm-hmm. Every, when I wrote these questions and when I think of who you are, is mm-hmm. getting destroyed every time I ask the question. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I've got I've got this narrative of the character of you that that is not who you are in actuality. And I think it's how it's that's the way, way with a lot of people, but I find it, it's stronger with people I'm closest to or closer mm-hmm. to. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea would be, yeah, I don't know. I want to, I want to first, maybe it's my ego. Maybe it's just because of how our relationship started and the platform that we're on right now. It's like, I I feel like I want to be the one that knows these answers, but I'm not.
1: But that's, that, that's the thing, man. Like the pursuit of the answers that you don't know, you know, changing your mind is the best way to know that you still have one it's very easy to like you know and that almost sounds contradictory to what i said is like find something good and then just stick to it um and dude that's the dichotomy of my life man is that i am very set in this like i'm gonna make the world a better place or i'm gonna die trying i'll be damned if i don't do some good it's like doing good out of spite
0: almost which is so bizarre. It's but wild because I was there. I was where you are right now. There was a stretch of time maybe a year into our relationship, a year and a half in, and I got so beat up by my beliefs and what I thought was possible and what I wanted. I got so beat up by it that um I gave up. I like I gave I, I I didn't, I did everything but externally give up, you know, my inner, mm-hmm. my inner self surrendered and decided it went through a state of death essentially. And so like, while while we're, while we've been doing this and I'm asking these questions, it's like, there's a part of me. Um, I don't know what it is. There's a part of me that wants to, wants to feel like it knows when in actuality I don't.
1: Dude, you got to take the small wins. The, the best story I have for this, I live my life anecdotally, if you haven't noticed yet. Um, when I was working at a middle school and like people were like, God, I hope I did a good job. God, I hope I did a good job. And I was like, did you irrevocably fuck up a child today? And they were like, what does that even mean? And when I worked at the aquarium, <laughs> something that they teach you to do is to mirror questions back. Right. People to get more context. Um, and so I'm standing there by like one of the touch pools with the sea stars and the sea anemones and stuff. And this like nine-year-old, he might have been nine, nine, ten or whatever, and I have a microphone in my hand telling people all about the anemones and yada yada yada. And the kid goes, What do they do? And I was like, Well, what do you do? Or like he says, What is their purpose? And I swear to God, over the microphone, I looked at this nine-year-old kid and said, what is your purpose? <laughs> and the look that came over his face, I was like, oh, no. Um, and he just, like, he just his whole frame dropped. And he just, like, turned around and walked away. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and over the microphone, I said, welcome to life, kid. And then... Win about my business and people just looked at me like, what is the matter with you? <laughs> so every day that I did not irrevocably fuck up a kid like that, I counted it as a win. <laughs> like, I take the small victories, oh man. Like, making it through an entire day, like, I didn't yell at anybody. I didn't kill anybody. You know what? That's a win right now. That's the bar. As I go over that bar more and more, I will raise it. But, like, that's where I'm at right now, man. I didn't mess anybody up. I did no harm. And there are some days that I go way over that bar. And there are some days that I smack the bar. But you got to take the small wins. Like, that's something I say all the time. I am a simple man. I am easy to please. I just, I have my chickens. And I have my (laughs) table saw, And that's all I need in life. You know what I mean? Yeah um taking the small wins definitely puts just enough wind in my sails to keep me going every day if you didn't if you don't irrevocably fuck up
0: somebody on a daily basis you're doing a great job you're doing <laughs> People are. dude all right all right final question then here we go the question i we got we went on a sidetrack because i i, I want to believe i know the answer to this okay what is the, I want you to, to give us the details of your perfect day. If you, in with career, like your perfect day, you're doing what you love, whatever it is you're doing. Give me a detail of a perfect day. Take me through it.
1: Oh, you're going to hate my answer, dude. Go ahead. Um, in the movie. Anything the Life- in the
0: world, anything in your dreams, anything in your, that you could be doing. You know, realistically. In
1: in the movie The Last Samurai, this guy spends his entire life looking for the perfect cherry blossom and he only sees it moments before he dies. To me, the perfect day will come and it will go and I will have no idea.
0: (laughs) That's why I didn't want to ask, dude, because you're going to hit me with the fucking truth, dude.
1: (laughs) The perfect day, maybe the perfect day already happened. Oh my God. Maybe the perfect day will never happen. Man, dude. This course, this
0: feels only... like this feels like talking to my sponsor. Because he always says shit. He says shit where it's just like a truth bomb to your senses of your soul. It's like my ego gets destroyed. Like it's cool to, I love it, dude. I'm gonna be listening to this. I'm sure this will be I'll I'll be pulling this up for the rest of my life, dude. I and mean I, and pick me honest
1: up. honestly. I know if there's going to be at least one person, and I'm talking to you right now, uh, not you, Adam, but whomever is listening to this, that has rolled their eyes about a thousand times and is like, this guy is so full of shit. (laughs) He's like, perfect day the perfect day will come and go and I'll never have known it. Like, what does that even mean?
0: And um, it, doesn't, it doesn't even help with me. Also being here as like a sidekick to the, to the majesty of this expression. It's like not helping at all forever. forever. Yeah.
1: Like what is it? And <laughs> I had the same, you know, and the biggest pain in the ass when I first got sober, somebody was like, I was like, I feel like things are just slipping through my hand and things are just moving past me so quickly. And she was like, then just stand still. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool, fuck you, first off, Um, what does that even mean, that is meaningless, you have helped me in no way whatsoever, but then the moment came to pass, where that meant something to me, and I was like, god damn it, like, and I hope that it comes to pass that you recognize the fact that the perfect day will happen, and it will never occur to you, and that's okay. Because that is a sense of you are in the moment and you are doing what you want to do. And you are living your life to such a high level that it just passes right past you. And you don't, it, you don't even think twice about it. And you, like, that's, that's my hope for that person that's rolling their eyes and continues to roll their
0: eyes. Well, I mean, it's, it's me wondering how to conceptualize that. And that's what's happening right now is mean it means I'm gonna wake up dead it's like that's a that, or it means uh, I've had so many experiences of a perfect day to where it's like it makes me think was the perfect day a construct of my own fantasy and I've been missing I've been missing so many perfect days because of how I've scaled them
1: dude get out of the way for real get out of the way Man, I didn't know. I didn't ever think I'd get into woodworking. That, that was not the plan. There is no plan. There is zero plan for my life. I just show up and I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. I like that. Oh, this Oh, this is, this is me? Oh, okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Oh my god, dude. I like that. Let's get some more of that. Like, Man. Do you have any mango? I love mango. (laughs) Any day that I can eat a mango is a good day. Wow. I am a simple man.
2: Bro. Oh, my God. You look around.
1: You don't like what you see. Then find something that you like and try to get more of it. Just as long as that thing is not drugs or alcohol. That's that's a dead end.
0: And you don't irrevocably harm a nine-year-old child (laughs) wondering why we're here. Oh man, I still feel about that.
1: I just I hope that kid like one day is like he has a TED talk and he was like, I had a normal life (laughs) until someone brought up existentialism at the Georgia Aquarium and I've put my life towards philosophical study of humanism or
0: something and i'm like
1: oh you made it kid you made it
0: (laughs) the nine-year-old kid is me and and he's manifesting in the form of this podcast dude jesus christ it's like it's the feeling that i'm experiencing right now dude if i'm being totally honest is where the fuck do i go what do i do it but it's 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 scary but it's great Cause like it like I'm trying to conceptualize like I don't even know if I ever want to do a podcast again like this is I feel like pff, close the book on it. No, this can't be peak. No, 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 no. I know it's not. I've committed. No. I've committed. But but therein lies the mystery and the excitement of the adventure, right? Now I'm mm-hmm. gonna figure out how the what the next one's gonna look like because it's not gonna be the way I've been doing it. This what this turned out to be was fucking sick, and it was and it happened when you started doing your thing and I stopped
1: Mm -hmm. just go with it just you hold on to a good thing until it's time to let go and I have held on to things that were not good for a long long time I have found the more that I get out of the way and the less expectation I put on myself like Nobody thought that I could build a kitchen table. I didn't think I could build a kitchen table. You know what I built after a kitchen table? A dresser. Because I was like, fuck you guys. You said I couldn't build a kitchen table. There it is. Is it the world's best kitchen table? Is it going to crate and barrel? God, no. But there's still somebody at that house that is using that kitchen table. Because (laughs) it's good enough.
2: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: When I get out of the way and I throw expectation to the wind, and I don't assume the best, I assume that it's going to be okay,
2: everything seems to work out. And if it's not working out, generally, I've stepped back in the way. There is no plan.
0: That's where I want to end it. Here's a song. <laughs> For real, dude, that was sick. One two, I I'll be, I I'll be, I be, I be on. Feel the music playing through my mind and time is moving slow. I never thought about the day that I would get up on a beat and blow. Feel the vibe—it's something living deep inside that I've come to know. Just listen to it, and it will point you in directions that you need to go. Un they don't even know the passion, living in a beat upon us. Every time that I tap in a fact in a rap like a map, and it's like we're going Overcome by the source and I'm in a minute. I feel with the power inside it, it's infinite, invincible. When I am tapping within it, I feel like I'm winning this moment. I'm grinning, it's taking me over. Remember when I'm getting sober, the music, the singing, the motive. I'm stuck in a moment. I freezing and hold it. I capture the feeling, so later. I own it, I think about nothing now. Run it all down to the guy, the juice, the mind is loose. I'm riding shotgun, you can spot a boost. I'm on the three figures up. When you spot the dudes, be like, damn. Damn, what is the plan? Kicking it up, I'm a hell of a man. When I back to track and back to back to back, to not want when we're gonna come, I wanna run, I wanna live in a holy land I got my hand and we're speaking the truth like time moves slow When you're looking for the proof, I don't wanna get loose Like I'm in the booth, I'm a lyrical sleuth Looking to get out my mind and my mental, my health and my freedom myself. I've been sick of myself, I've been looking for help I've been living in hell, I've been trying to tell what I really feel But I can't stop when I drip the drop And you know I've been keeping it real Gotta get it out so we can hear, go Feel the music playing through my mind and time is moving slow Never thought about the day that I would get up on a beat and blow I feel the vibe, it's something living deep inside that I've come to know Just listen to it and it will point you in directions that you need to go Where do I go? Back to the path when I wanna get low. I picking my brain and I'm picking the same, and I think that I'm sane, but I'm looking to blame. Like me to you, the me, I knew the me, I see I wanna be is gone. Savage habit, living a life in my manic erratic, Clipping that bed and I'm back and pull All the time I spent with this, I know I got the talent, but the work is looking slow. Hold a second while I write the goal, the execution's on the way, I'll make the throw habits. written into the wall when I practice, if I wanna break, I gotta come into it like I'm a rabbit. Staring through a chest like raddits, gripping the grid, I can that I have It's Slow riding and I know, gripping the game without breaking the flow. Like I'm taking time with no peace of mind. I've been fake to find, I've been coming with the all the way back, sick of the past, gotta let it go. But I never knew that when I'm at, Get to pack to face another pace to make a man a waste of space with no map. Get it, feel it regardless. Second to harness, over the power within to be flawless, leave you in awe. It's like I've been gone, but I'm back and I'm lawless. Have I been keeping it honest? <laughs> Only my word that I have Said I'm gone. It's finding my peace of mind until cease and time for too long. I to lived in that bondage. Yeah. Feel the music playing through my mind and time is moving slow. I never thought about the day that I would get up on a beat and flow. Feel the vibe, it's something living deep inside that I've come to know. Just listen to it, it will point you in directions that you need to go.